Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss. And we have an amazing guest here with us today. Homegrown in Honolulu, Karan Ling stands out for her enthusiasm and passion for real estate, a career she has dedicated herself to since 2004, serving over 300 ecstatically happy clients. She has won the Aloha Aina Award once in 2009, and it's been downhill ever since. (laughs) She is the proud partner of her Google famous real estate appraiser husband, Sheldon Lau, in which they share one brilliantly smart, oh, Rhodesian Ridgeback Lab Koa. I bet, I bet Koa is beautiful. She's consistently worked for the past four years to quit working and has not even been mildly successful at that. Even though her dream job is to be retired, Karan's guiding philosophy in work and life is to bring joy to everyone she meets, whether for a second or for a lifetime. I am so excited to welcome Karan Ling. It's definitely an honor to be with you too. (laughs) Yes, and we're so thrilled to have you. So let's dive right into our questions because I'm really curious, uh, Ron, what part of your body has been the easiest to love? The easiest to love? Well, definitely, I guess my smile, you know, my lips, you know, and I, and I struggle with that because, you know, as I've gotten older, they've changed. (laughs) I think that might be with all of us eventually. And it's been the easiest to love, I think, because when I was growing up, my mom was super beautiful. She's a beautiful person inside and out. And everybody would mention that. And I did not look like, I didn't feel like I looked anything like her. And so we do share the same smile. And I, and I always thought to myself, when people smile, they always look beautiful. So I started smiling ever since I came up with that. And I was very young and I thought, you know, nobody can say that you're ugly if you smile. (laughs) Who says that to people, you know? Yeah. So has it been the easiest part of my body to love? I love that. And you have such a great smile. It's like, (laughs) you know, it just feels like, like joy when you smile. I have a friend who, um, like they joke when she smiles, it's like she grows an extra set of teeth back there, you know, because her smile is so uh, And I just like, I love that about you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Well, I think we all have beautiful smiles on here for sure. (laughs) Well, and one thing that I love about your smile too, is when you smile, it totally lights up your entire face and your eyes. So your eyes just, they glow with happiness. It's, it's really easy to tell that your smile is genuine, which I think I really appreciate. And it's easy to love that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I really liked um, what I think is my favorite thing to talk about America's Next Top Model because I feel like it taught so many life lessons. And, you know, when Tyra Banks says to smize, it's not like I because definitely if you talk to my husband, when I take photos, he's always telling me to smile a little less and to open my eyes bigger so or wider. And what I always think of how she's always saying smile is because you want to smile with your eyes. And then now we're wearing masks. So you can't, you, you couldn't actually see people's smiles. So now the smile really is your eyes, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so true. And it's interesting now because I think that we focus more on people's eyes now that we can't see the rest of their face. And I'm always looking for those little laugh lines next to their eyes to show, like to see that they are smiling or that they're happy. I like that. I'm going to start doing that too. I didn't think of that. 
I just look at their eyes. <laughs> it's weird, right? <laughs> Have you always been like a big smiler crown? Like, it's like, for example, I have natural like rest, resting bitch face. Um, no, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I do. That's my, yeah, <laughs> that's my normal face. So uh, I'm curious, like, has that always just been you? Like you've just always naturally smiled? I don't remember a time that I haven't smiled as far as like my natural beingness, except, you know, growing up, I was definitely teased and bullied because I cried a lot. And part of that, you know, when you look at psychology and I know our list will totally be like a little bit more of an expert on this is that I, my parents got divorced when I was eight and I, I didn't handle it well. So, you know, and then I didn't know, you don't know as a kid that you're going through all of these things. So I definitely have to say there's a lot of sadness and crying, you know, that went on that I didn't really fully understand my own emotions behind everything. So I think it was shortly after that particular event that I made a decision that, you know, I wanted to be more like my mom in a lot of ways and be happier and smile. And so it wasn't like it was always that way, although I don't really remember a time that I didn't smile. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you can see that there was a time in your life when it was a challenge. I'm sure that for some of our listeners, um, that smiling could be a challenge. Um, I, I had a friend once who definitely had a resting bitch face and, um, and, you know, I was speaking to her and, and she was like, you always have this really friendly smile and people seem to really respond to that. By the way, I also used to have really, really bad resting bitch face. It was like worse than that. Like people thought I was like raging at them when I just was sitting there. Um, (laughs) but, um, and she was talking to me about that. And one of the things that I told her is you can actually practice smiling in the mirror so that you can see yourself smile and you can practice using those muscles so that it becomes more natural. Um, and she did that and it really helped. It really helped her to, to feel like she could go to that place of smiling more easily. And it wasn't baked because she could see herself smiling in the mirror. I really like that. I, I think I did actually, I don't know if I actually practiced smiling in the mirror when I was younger, but I think it's like the more and more you see yourself smile, the more and more you're allowing yourself to fall in love with yourself. And so, you know, when people smile, you're drawn to them. And if you're looking at yourself and you're practicing in the mirror, you're drawn to yourself. And I know that sounds sort of like, okay, well, that's like a little vain there. No, I mean, you should be in love with yourself first before you move on and and can help other people in the world or allow love in, right? Yeah, I love that. Um, And for me, like, I definitely understand that, um, that feeling of like not being comfortable smiling. So the way that I broke into smiling was, um, was actually like, so my husband and I would send each other selfies and in my selfie where I'd smile, like it was for him. So like my smile is genuine. And that was how I became familiar with my smile. And it then became a thing where when we, when one of us was in a bad mood or we thought the other person might be in a tough spot, we would send each other like a smiling selfie because it would, you know, just naturally make the other one smile and like kind of just give us both like this. So like <laughs> he's actually accidentally sent selfies to like his friends. I've accidentally <laughs> sent selfies to like other people. I'm like, oops, that was meant for that was a smiley face for my husband. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> 
you know what would be nice though is um, when they're like, whoa, what's this? You could just say, I'm just sending you a smile. <laughs> you know, I, I've done it where I mistakenly texted someone just like a text and like you wouldn't have known that it was like a mistake other they're like oh that's it didn't go with like anything like it just was out of the blue right and then sometimes I'm just like yeah I meant to send it <laughs> because if you're gonna brighten someone's day I mean I can't I would imagine that anyone who's receiving a smiley selfie from you would it would probably brighten their day so just let them know it's like on purpose even though it wasn't <laughs> I mean, technically, I love that. Them I love them that. Now. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Kron, I am super curious. What is a part of your body that has been the most challenging to love? Hmm, I, I feel like there's so many, right? You can hardly think of one that you love. And then there's so many that you're like, oh, it's so hard to love. <laughs> Um, let me think a little bit more about that. And you know, it's so funny as I totally knew that that question in particular was going to come, you know, I'm, I'm going to say something different than I said last time, because I know it's hard to imagine because I know you think that I'm a skinny, small Asian woman, petite. There are people that are smaller than I am. And growing up, I was the, the bigger, the the bigger Asian, you know, and it wasn't big by any means, but I was just like my girlfriend. And I think right after college, I had this job at the Hawaii Visitors and Conventions Bureau. And so this gal that I'm friends with to this day, she um, was super skinny. Like, I didn't even think people could be that skinny, but like, I don't know. It has to be less than a zero. And so her thighs, I swear, were like half the size of mine. And then I would look at my thighs and I'd be like, wow, mine are like so much bigger. I mean, I don't think like I'm, there's anything to be concerned with, but that there's something different between her size and my size. And then like these days, because I still, I fluctuate in weight. And for me, what, like however much weight that it happens, like it actually does get to the point that I, I'm not able to fit into my jeans and I wear jeans all the time. So it is actually a nuisance like to not fit into your jeans. So I don't know if anyone's ever experienced that, but I'm sure we all have maybe. And I'll be pulling up one leg and then I'll realize, oh, I must have, I mean, I don't weigh myself, but I'm like, I must have like somehow gained weight. I'm going to give up right now, you know? And for me, it's been like such a struggle because like, I don't work out and I know that I could tone it. And, you know, sometimes my husband gives me motivation to tone it. And in my mind, I think, yeah, I would love to have that toned stealth body that like some of my friends, cause they exercise like I think it's called F45 and they do CrossFit. And I'm like, I wish I could be like that, but I'm happy with what I've got. And I've, it's taken me a while, but I do love it because it teaches me like that, you know, life moves just like my body. And I, I'm gonna accept the ebb and flow of life. And so I'm gonna accept the ebb and flow of my body. So it's taken me a while, pretty much my whole life. I would say only recently in the last year, I'm like, you know, I like my thighs. It means I'm strong and powerful. <laughs> or I could be if I toned them. <laughs> I don't know, That I, it's taken me a while. I mean, th this question comes up after, today I went to the chiropractor and um, I have, uh, I'm double jointed. So that means I'm extra flexible. And I don't know how many of you sh struggle with this, but apparently I was in so much pain on Monday with my wrist. 
like, and I couldn't even lift anything. So I, I didn't realize if you don't have one hand, it's really hard. You know, like I, I didn't, now I can empathize and understand like a little bit, but I was like, it was like such a struggle to go through my day with, and it was my left hand. It wasn't even like my writing hand. It was my left hand. And, but in addition to that, it was like so painful. And so my chiropractor just told me that I have, I mean, she's told me for a while, but she's like, now you really got to work out. So I have to do these things where you barely move. Right. And so like, I have these weak wrists, I guess. And like, I guess apparently, I don't know if you can tell, like there's actually, I'm still baffled by this. She said, you have no like muscle mass or muscle tissue on your left wrist, but you have like, and I'm like looking at it. I'm like, yeah, I see what you're talking about. I don't see what she's talking about. And so now I have a new one to learn to love because I'm like, you risked, you're giving up on me already, <laughs> you know? And it was so painful. Like, I don't want to experience that ever again. And um, I'm sure it'll happen as I continue on with life. Um, one thing that she did say, though, is because I said, oh, my gosh, getting old is so awful. You know, I'm in so much pain. I must be getting old. And she's like, you're not getting old. I'm not getting old. And I'm like, but we're getting older by the second. You know, and she's like, no, we're not. And you can always correct it and you can always improve it. And that's why she gave me those exercises. Literally, or I'm just going to be moving my wrists like this. Like, that's it with a with a two pound weight. <laughs> I'm like, OK, let's see if I can do that, because I have had those weights there under my couch for a while and haven't even lifted a, lifted them. So they probably collected dust. But I will keep you posted. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I love your attitude about all of this. You know, you say that it's a challenge for you, but I can also see how you have taken on such a positive mindset around it, too. Um, and I'm one of those people that owns jeans in multiple sizes. So right now I have jeans from size 12 to size 18, just in case. Um, cause you never know. I mean, my body changes and like, and that just happens. And I, um, and I want to accept my body where it is. And, um, and so I, you know, I hear you. And when I pull on a pair of jeans, if they're too tight, I just go to the size up. <laughs> that That's so smart. I just go to my stretchy pants. <laughs> I, you just given me the, my new thing that I have to do is buy them in different sizes. So I think that's smart because I, I, I get bummed when I can't wear jeans. Like it's like essential to my life. <laughs> I love that. I did, I guess I didn't ever think about that about you, Karan, but I could totally see how like, like jeans are a part of your life. Yeah. <laughs> my compromise is I wear stretchy jeans. <laughs> oh. Which are like basically fake jeans. See, I like, I like those. And yet I think, so I get claustrophobic and there's certain, I just have a lot of neuroses, I think, or some nuances to me, quirkiness, maybe we could call it. And so the stretchy jeans, they always like, for some reason, I've always felt itchy. So like I, it's either like real jeans or like Lululemon pants that look like jeans. <laughs> but I, I love those because they fit so nicely. It's just, it, it just, for some reason, this, how it fits on me, it just, it feels scratchy for me. I wish I, I could wear those. <laughs> yeah. But what I hear you saying is that you choose to wear what feels good on your body. And that's, I think, what we all should be choosing. 
to wear is what feels good on our body. And especially texturally, I don't think that people talk about that much. Um, but there are definitely some textures that are aversive for me too. Like I don't like real jeans because they feel stiff and scratchy to me. So I only wear the stretchy jeans. That's probably also because my body changes so much so often (laughs) it's like a life hack or something, but, um, but you know, finding textures that really work for you is important. I have these sweaters that I wear when it gets cold here in my man that are the fuzzy sweaters. They're like eyelash sweaters. Um, and they are so awesome. I just like, I rub myself all day long, <laughs> my arms, I rub yeah. my arms and my sweaters all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how my husband and one of my good friends, they do that all the time. Like with textures, sometimes just just hold something in their hand. You know, those bags that you put jewelry in, they'll just hold that in their fingers. And I see them doing it. I'm like, that's so sh- so different, you know, because <laughs> I don't feel like doing that. But I would totally love to feel the fuzzy sweater. Uh, like you just like it's kind of like you just hug yourself and you're just touching it. <laughs> Yeah. One of the few things I do like about when it's winter time is cashmere. Like, ah, oh, like cashmere blankets, cashmere, like everything just feels so like luxurious and, and warm and thin, which I love. Cause like so much, you know, when you get into winter clothes, it's so bulky. I'm all about the cashmere. <laughs> yeah. I love cashmere. But what are, um, what are, what's one of your self-love or self care practices? Well, you know, um, I just, I love to do things with my girlfriends. And so sometimes I'll do it on my own because I realize, oh, you could do this on your own too. And so I give myself my own personal spa day. Like I know that maybe we all do this, but I I have like a million. Do you ever receive those face masks? Like where you, um, from friends, I I must have like a million of them. It's like, everyone thinks I need a face mask. So I think to myself, like, if I could just do this weekly, like it just feels so nice. And then I do, um, there's my, my friends were really into this, uh, scalp massage. Like it's like a shampoo or something. And then you put in your hair and then I was like, Oh, my hair is so thick. And like, when I do with my nose, I don't think I really get in there. So, um, my auntie, my, um, she's my hairstylist. She gave me one of those, um, silicone, silicone things that have like pokey at the end, but it's not really pokey because of silicone. And then, so she, I just do it do that and I like to give myself like a a like a tub bath so I usually like candles and I know it sounds like a lot of effort but when I think about it it's so easy it's a little bit more effort in my tub because my husband removes my stopper because he feels it's very inconvenient for like the amount of hair that I have and so he puts like something in there so that it'll stop my hair but other than that like it's like I stick oh here's like a tried and true like quick fix for that by the way is like you take a sponge which I have like a Swedish um a Swedish towel and you take a sponge and you put it in a plastic bag and then you put air in it and then you you wet the sponge and then you put it into the hole <laughs> and it, it just plugs up your your drain so I do that um, I put on some music I feel like there's like lots of things I do like I don't really think doing my nails is very relaxing because I, I do it like once a week now and I feel like that's actually work but I like it when my husband gives me a massage, like a foot massage, and then I give myself a foot soak. So the foot soak, actually, that is probably my best thing that I do. So much so that 
I've thrown these um, spa G and I call them girls night ins where my friends all come over and like I'll have it either in the club room or in my condo and then I'm like I I bring in vendors like just usually it's friends of mine to do something that will be fun for for my friends and for myself like I'm really only thinking of myself and then one of my girlfriends requested the foot soak because I would always talk about the foot soak so it's like a quarter so the reason I do it is because my hairstylist, who's my calabash auntie, my mom's best friend, she said I was getting sick a lot. And she said, why don't you just do a foot soak? And then you can, I guess like I just had a little bit of cough. You know how after you have a cold, you have a little bit of cough. So I had a little bit of cough and she said to get rid of it, just do this foot soak. So it's a quarter cup of baking soda and a cup of Epsom salt. And then I like to put in lavender and like essential oils, like, um, I think doTERRA has this on guard. I like to put that because I feel like somehow it's going to make me healthy miraculously. And then for years, I never got sick until like right before COVID. So that was totally a tangent. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that you have so many self-care methods. Um, I love the idea of scalp massage. Uh, I think that that, you know, I know when I go and get my hair done, which I don't do very often because I, I use henna on my hair. So I dye my own hair. So I probably only get my hair cut maybe twice a year or something like that. Um, but when I get my hair washed by somebody else and they massage my scalp, it's like, you know, those videos of the dog that's like getting scratched and it's like totally blissed out and the limbs are like going everywhere and it's panting. That's me in the chair. (laughs) So, um, you know, maybe I should start giving myself scalp massages as part of self-care. I think that that sounds really lovely. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, I, so I, I subscribe to dry bar because one of my friends does and it's not that we go together or anything like that but she said like she really likes them washing her hair and then it looks nice after like even if you have nowhere to go it's just nice to get it done and so I subscribe now and even though I so I'm part of that barfly membership so you get two a month and then they they add there's add-ons so one of the add-ons is like a scalp massage so it's ten dollars extra and then i'm like this is how they get you right and then there's ten dollars extra for the charcoal and so those have both been really good that now when i book it it's kind of hard for me not to do with the the massage and the the charcoal scrub (laughs) so i i don't know if they have any like at least in kona or something like that i feel like um it's the sullivan group so if you want i can just put in a good word and say hey i think you should start one in Waimea. <laughs> it's in between Hilo and Kona. <laughs> yeah. Do they have one on the island? Because I love I that. Can- I can ask. They don't have one on the big island. I I went to one when I was in Vegas a couple years ago and it was awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've gotten my hair done at one for uh for like a bridal shower or something like that. Like because it's a great place to get your, your hair done. Um but what I loved, I actually love that you talked about the foot soak because, um, Brian, like I, I'm going to like throw my husband under the bus. But I, so I love to, um, I love to massage my husband's feet. I know that sounds weird. Like it's not a foot fetish or anything. I just, he gets so much joy from the massage and like, I just like, such as one of my love languages. So it's just like a, like something I love to do for him. 
Um, and he has like some calluses and I, and we were just talking about like getting a foot soak and like taking, like, you know, just working on his calluses and like, um, taking care of his feet. And so as you're talking about like detoxifying it, I'm like, I'm fascinated. We have to take about this some more <laughs> kind of thing. And it makes your feet so smooth. And like, I don't know if this is TMI, but I'll just share it anyway. But sometimes I just smell my foot after, you know, cause like throughout, you know, it just, and that's how, like, I can't smell anything. And I know that it's totally taking out the toxins. And so sometimes what I do, which this feels really good and you're probably gonna do this on Brian, is that I just rub my feet, like just rub the skin on it and skin comes off. And so I'm just like, oh, this is so cool. Cause it's like, I'm shedding or something, you know, my skin is getting rejuvenated, new. Um, I actually watched this, um, why I think feet are very important. It's from a cartoon and it's not even like one that's informative. It was Beetlejuice. Have you ever watched Beetlejuice? No. So, I mean, I know there's a, the movie that I think Johnny Depp might've been Beetlejuice. I don't remember, but there's a cartoon and in the cartoon, Beetlejuice was sleeping and he had his feet out underneath the blanket, getting cold in the, in the cold weather. Right. And then because it's Beetlejuice, his feet could talk. Right. And then they said, why are you always leaving us out in the cold? We need to be like taken care of or something, something to that effect, at least in my mind. And ever since then, I always remember to like take care of my feet because I feel like people don't think of that enough. And that's actually like they work. Your feet work the hardest and Brian's feet work really hard. So I think, you know, take care of it. And if you rub it a little bit more, like after, like during the foot soak in the water, skin will come off. And I feel like that just makes my whole day. It's almost, I love going to the dentist. So it's almost for me as good as getting my teeth cleaned. <laughs> it feels just so nice and shiny, you know? Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Let's back up just for a minute <laughs> before we go on. I thought I heard you say something like, I really love going to the dentist. I really love going to the dentist. <laughs> Why is that, Karan? Well, I, you know, even though like, so my smile, you can see my teeth are crooked. I didn't listen to the orthodontist to like keep my retainer in. And even my orthodontist friend, she said like, no need to fix it because, you know, it'll change the shape of your face and it just endears people towards you. How your, your, your teeth actually do a lot for that. But I guess like, I like it when it's clean. I don't know if it has anything to do with me being a Virgo, but when, when the dental, I love my dental hygienist. So I just had really like, even the bad experiences I've had, like I, which is only really one. Um, but, or like things, you know, when your teeth shift and the orthodontist, like because of the rubber bands you have in there, when you have braces, um, it moves it. I don't know. I always felt like it's like improving things. And like, I love it when my teeth are clean because apparently I drink a lot of coffee. So when I go in, I don't notice it. She's like, I'm going to put a little bit of whitener on there so that your smile is a little bit brighter. You know, I was like, I didn't even know my teeth were coffee stained, you know? And then it's kind of like getting feedback on how you did. So every six months I go and I'm a goal oriented, um, for random things like this. So she'll say, Oh, you need to like floss better. Or you need to like, um, what toothbrush are you using? Or maybe let's try this toothpaste. 
And like, there's always something new that we're doing together. And also my dental hygienist, she shares her personal dating. So it's actually her dating horror stories, but I always want to hear good stuff happening for her. And so it's just like, I'm a captive audience. I get to, I'm not talking. It's very relaxing for me. Although like there's stuff in my teeth. So just sometimes when she expects me to respond, she has to pause for a second and then let, let the um, take out stuff from my mouth. And I'm like, yes. And then she puts it back in. So I just think this whole thing is so comical. Like sitting in a dental chair is like so much fun for me. And it's been like that ever since I was a kid. I mean, it's, I have a different dentist than I did as a kid, but I, I think he was a pediatric dentist. That's why, but he was awesome. And then he always gave me toys. So that actually might be where I first started loving the dentist, but it was really how clean my teeth got. Like there's nothing like that first day after you have fluoride, after you have like the cleaning, it's like, you're like smiling at everyone. <laughs> I'll smile at you. I'll smile at you. I'll smile at you. <laughs> yeah. And it goes with what you love most about yourself too. Your smile. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, we, we call them the tooth spa because it feels like it's just like a spa experience. And like, we just lay out and like there's a view and we just like sit there and like get your teeth clean. It feels fabulous. <laughs> But I, I've also had the horrors, you know, that I can totally understand why um, some people don't like the dentist. <laughs> I'm going to use that. The next time I'm going to the dentist, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I have a tooth spa appointment. <laughs> I love that. I'm learning so many new things today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I think that's so funny. So, um, what are, what are some of the like maybe body image expectations or societal norms that you've felt challenged to overcome um, in loving yourself and your body more? Well, I think that a lot of times, um, you know, it's sad to say like sometimes women feel competitive, you know, with, with body image and all of that. Um, I grew up where, you know, I love my mom to pieces, you know that, right, Diana? She did, she was a little, she's not a tiger mom by any means. She just would always be like, oh, you're wearing that? <laughs> you know, like sometimes there was this movie. Oh no, I was watching Bean Erica on Hulu. And in the first show, she walks out into society in her pajamas. And so sometimes I think to myself, why couldn't I just do that? You know, and sometimes I actually do. Like I actually do walk out in my pajamas. Granted, it's not pajamas. It's just what I wear to bed, right? So sometimes I just wear that out just for the heck of it, or I don't care that I match. And I do that just to challenge myself. Um, there was also, I, actually, I don't think I've ever shared this with you. There was one year of my life, this is the year that I ended up buying my very first place and it was a studio and I needed to save money. So at, for three times that year, my dad, who's kind of like a tiger dad, he's full Chinese. I don't know if that's like a thing for, I don't know if tiger dad's a thing. So he would always like, as if like he set an appointment in his calendar to call me and let me know that there's a first time home buyer tax credit and that I should consider buying my first place. And so I was a realtor back then and he, you know, I, I heard him, except the voice in my head was saying, I don't want to tell him that I live paycheck to paycheck and I have no money. How will I be buying this place? Right? Except somehow it sunk in and then I thought, okay, let's see how that can happen. So I read this thing on the internet that's, and look it up. It's called the brown dress experiment. 
so I didn't wear a brown dress or anything. However, I did see if I could just wear it the same outfit every single day. You know, not it wasn't really like a whole year. It might be like a week here, a week there. And you know, nobody cared about what I was wearing. Like no one. And so I thought, like, I love to challenge the norms. I think my friends think I'm really crazy. Um, they have actually, a lot of people have actually, because I tell this story to my friends, they're like, I'm going to do that too. So the one thing that I've done is like that year, I would always choose like my place or a dress, like in my mind, like buying that dress. But it's really like anything, buying anything. And I manifested, I threw out to the universe that if I did go out and I would only go out for birthdays, like pay my own money, go out to celebrate my friend's birthdays. But I threw out to the universe that if anyone wanted to go out with me, they're paying, you know, like whether it's a friend, you know, a family member, I don't have any money because I'm saving for a down payment. And I, I just, nobody noticed what I was wearing. Nobody cared. Nobody was going to rag me. I mean, maybe they talked behind my back. Maybe they didn't. I didn't hear anything. And I didn't feel that from anyone. And so there was no judgment. And I think that's, that was really eye-opening for me. So now, like, I do like to wear certain nice things. I can because I gave up that whole year of buying clothes, you know. But even to this day, sometimes I think to myself, do I really need that? Because, and Sheldon is actually the best at it because he's like, is that a need or a want? And usually if you're buying clothes, it's more of a want, right? I really want that, but I can always justify it as a need. And then I go back to that, that girl that, well, that woman that I was where I was like, you know, I really can live with less and it's okay. And no one is really going to care in the scheme of things. I love that. And I think that it's such a great message. Um, it's something that I've been looking into myself personally, because I have been really into fashion and really into clothes most of my life. And I, I have like two full closets of clothes for reals. Um, and I probably only wear like a seventh of them or a 10th of them regularly. Cause you know, we always have our favorites and that sort of thing. And one of the things that I've realized for myself is that buying new clothes or, or wanting to present a certain image is almost like gambling for credit, right? It's like pulling a slot machine to like get gain credibility. Um, and I don't want to be doing that. Like, I don't even like slot machines. I don't, you know, I don't like the idea of gambling. Um, and when I got that perspective on clothes, it really stopped my, my desire to buy new clothes. And, and I do have, you know, a, a wardrobe that I can choose from. So it might feel differently for other people that don't have that um, in place. But I ask myself that, like, if I'm really wanting to buy something, it's like, am I gambling for credit? It. Like, is this something that I think I'm going to show off to somebody and then get a certain response? Um, and I know that Diana is like a total guru on this. Like she's a guru on this. Like she does not buy clothes very often. She has like, so I would love to hear Diana's perspective on, on not buying new clothes and like, and, and using what you already have. Yeah, I guess I never thought of it as something that was difficult just because I think in all the experiences I've had moving around and um, even even when Brian and I spent um, like weeks at a time. So we spent like six weeks traveling through South America, you know, like we, we, we would take long trips. Um, and what we found during that time was like there really wasn't that much clothing that we were wearing. So it helped us kind of pare down and realize like, 
there's really not that much stuff that we need. And that has shifted my way of being around clothes. Cause when I was, when I was younger, like in high school, I needed a different outfit for every day. And I did not repeat for, for at least a month wow. to repeat within a month was like sacrilege kind of thing. Um, and so like, it's a definite different kind of perspective, but kind of like Quran said, like, who cares? You know, what really matters is how you feel in it. Like, like if, if it feels good and like, we all kind of, you know, kind of like you were saying, Arliss, like we all have favorite clothes that we just wear all the time anyway. And we want this like huge, like all these options. Um, but like, really do we need them? So I kind of do what, um, I think it was Kelly mentioned during the conference where like every few months I look through the closet and I'm like, if I haven't worn you in, I don't do six months. I say like, if I haven't worn you in like a year and a half, like I'm getting rid of you. Like a, a year, six months is a little too short for me. Kind of like what Arlie said, like my, my weight and my body fluctuates. So I'm okay with clothes in different sizes. Um, but I'm not like, I don't want to hold on to stuff that I'm just not wearing. Um, so it's just gotten easy for me to, to kind of let go of <laughs> um, and really just focus more on like, like what Karan said, like, like the things that you really want to invest your money in, you know, like do you really want the new dress or would you rather have this experience or this house or um, whatever. And I think it, it gets down to priorities. And sometimes as women, we're taught to kind of prioritize the, the clothes or the fashion or always having something on trend. And now I think it's interesting because when it comes to trends, like people are kind of going back to more like minimalistic or like, like past things that have worked kind of thing. Like it's, it's really interesting. I, um, I like how, I don't know. I like how classic things are kind of getting. And I've, I've always been a person who's like, I want to be able to look back at this picture in 10 years and not laugh at what I'm wearing. <laughs> Cause I have some photos from like teenage years where I'm like, Oh. <laughs> although those those classics are coming back although i think if we wear it once we're not allowed to wear it again <laughs> so karan i you know you've talked throughout the podcast about some times where maybe some negative patterns have come up for you in the past or some negative patterns in the past have come up again. Um, how do you reconnect with your body um, when those negative patterns arise? I, I think for me, I, I just know that I allow myself to be me, you know, in those moments and fill everything. So um, I always felt like we're human and that these things, like while we'd like to say that we're, we moved past them, sometimes things do come back, not all the time. Sometimes it does come back. And when it does, like, how am I really feeling in this? And I'm a huge, like how you're talking about society, societal norms. I'm always like thinking to myself, am I feeling this way because of society? Or am I feeling this way because this is really how I feel? And so if I find that it's something that I really am feeling, then I'll sit with it and come down to like the reason why I'm feeling this way about whatever it is, you know? So, you know, I, I think I mentioned at the body positivity conference, my husband, because like, I have a rib that sticks out, my husband is like always on a plight to fix it, you know? <laughs> and ironically, I have like no energy on my rib. Like the only thing that I like that really does affect me with the rib is like if I go bodyboarding, which is not very often, or if I'm lying down on, on my 
stomach. So that can get a little uncomfortable and that's just a physical thing. But as far as like mentally and like emotionally, I don't really have anything because it's just like there's always something, you know, and what I love. So I have a really good friend. Um, she lives in Boca Raton right now, but she's eventually going to move here. And one of her kids also has scoliosis. So that's something that I have. And um, she was like feeling really insecure about like, you know, going to prom. Like, and I, I got to see her since she was like, I don't know if she was in the sixth grade when I met her, but she was really young. And then like later on in high school, I guess scoliosis and like your body shape, like it's a really big deal. I mean, it was all, it was for us probably, it was for me. And so when she was going through that, like I found that I could actually be of service, you know? And I'm like, because I think she sort of looks up to me. I Her, her mom, is, who is my friend, always says that. And so because of that, I was just like, dude, I, I have scoliosis too. Like, and it's, you know, you, you'll learn. And here's some things that you could do to make it maybe help it a little bit. But as far as like what you look like in your dress, like just find something that you feel happy in, you know, and you feel like you glow. I love that. That's so inspiring. And I hear you taking uh, your past experience that may have been painful or challenging and, you know, using it to like, just by being yourself, inspire other people and help them know, like, you don't have to have that kind of reaction or response to scoliosis. You can, you know, you can feel good in your body still, and you can, you can still love what you look like. I love that. I think that that's a message that really needs to be out there more, um, you know, as somebody that has a, a genetic condition um, that is rare. I, I rarely get to see people with the condition talking about it positively or celebrating the fact that it's in their life or celebrating their life, even though that that's happening. Um, and so if you feel called to it, I think that it would be really inspiring if you, you know, spoke more about that. I know that you're really active in Instagram and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I think that it's really beautiful and I haven't heard another person say that. I'm sure that other people do, but I haven't heard it. And I'm sure that there's other people out there that need to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. I, I haven't heard it either actually. So I, I'll definitely look, look out for that. I'll let you know if I find something, <laughs> but I will also uh, make an effort to see what I can do. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of women, I remember there was a gal in high school that I was with who actually had like a whole like back brace thing that she had to wear when she went to sleep. And I think some kids during the time that I went to high school, they also had to wear it in school because of that. So it's like almost like you're being publicly shamed because you have scoliosis. I didn't have to do any of that. Um, however, I just know it was really hard for her. And so I told her, you know, I shared with her at that time, you know, I have scoliosis too. I mean, mine isn't like, like that, but there are things that can be done. And, um, yeah, you wouldn't even be able to tell for some people. Well, Karan, you are, you know, this amazing real estate agent and you also have many other things that you do. We would love to know more about what you do in the world. <laughs> Well, like my bio said, I like to bring joy to everyone I meet, whether for a second or for a lifetime. So I'd like to think that I do that. Um, I guess like what I actually do is I, I help people with their real estate experience. And, um, you know, I get to talk to people, I get to inspire people, and I get to guide people. I think that's 
what I enjoy most about my job is being able to guide people and also to come up with solutions. So I've always been a really great problem solver. And that's kind of like what I look at my job to be. I mean, there's so many things that I do on a daily basis that encompass what a realtor is. I am also very involved with Toastmasters and BNI, which is how I, I met Diana in both in both of them. And then also I met you through BNI. So, I mean, there's so many people. I think for me, I'm a lifelong learner. So anything that I could do in which to learn is something that I aspire to. So I learn a lot. Like I, I tell people all the time, like, yeah, I've been doing real estate for 18 years. And every year, you know, I think that I know two, you know, the first year I thought I knew 2% of what I needed to know. Then the following year, you know what? I still only knew 2% because you realize there's just so much you need to know. And I, I love to hear about how people work and what they're thinking, um, how they came to be and how they are as a person. So um, I've been on multiple boards, you know, um, near and dear to my heart is Catholic Charities Hawaii. I was with them, or I'm still with them, I guess. I was on the board for six years, but I've probably been with them for like over 10. And then I take great pride in being part of the grievance committee for our Honolulu Board of Realtors. So we're a self-policing organization. And why am I on it? Because I want to learn more about what not to do, but also how I could be a better agent for my clients and to serve them better. That's that's really beautiful. And what I hear and know about you personally, Karan, is that you just have a pure heart of service and that you're always looking for ways to give back. And one of the ways that I know that you do that is that you have a positive perspective about your body and you share that with others. Um, and you openly share, you know, the areas that you feel challenged with. And I know that for our listeners and for me too, I'm sure for Diana as well, you know, it really normalizes is that body positivity is not a destination and it's not something that we reach and then we just magically feel positive about our bodies all the time, um, that it is something that we're continually working on and that that's okay and that the journey is really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I agree. Thank you so much, Karan. Uh, I'm curious, do you, do you have any last closing thoughts that you'd like to leave us with today? Well, I just wanted to say thank you. And I'm glad that we got to chat a little bit beforehand. I mean, it's I'm looking forward to just what we do together as friends. You know, I'm very excited. And like for all your listeners out there, I just hope that there's somebody that this would have touched, you know, um, whatever all of us have mentioned in this podcast. And I'm just like so proud of you both because I, I mean, to be consistent, to do this, to keep on giving and like you're both inspired by it. Like I know you're both living your truth and that really makes me inspired to do to live mine as well thank you thank you so much Karan and Karan was one of our featured speakers at the first annual international body positivity conference it's been awesome Awesome. Well, I want to thank Karan again for coming on to the podcast. Um, it was incredible to have you here with us today. And I want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you all for listening today. It's Arliss and Diana with the Body Positivity Podcast. <laughs>